The Voice of Medicine. Gedanken, Geschichten und Talks aus der faszinierenden Welt der Medizin. Denn wir bringen sie an den Puls. Präsentiert von Radiolutions. Dear ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of The Voice of Medicine. Today with me, Michael. I'm going to talk to Catherine Strahanova today, who is the Business Development Manager at Jessorin. Now, Jessorin is a U.S. software development company, mostly represented in France, UK, and of course, the U.S. Catherine and her team could work with a number of big players on the market in different sectors, such as MasterCard, Burger King, and of course, National University of Singapore. Jusorin is a type of company that provides cutting-edge individual software solutions for anybody in any sector, but her and I are going to talk today about the health tech. I'm very happy that she's here, and I'm looking forward to a wonderful talk with her. Kate, Jusorin worked with a number of companies in different sectors, but uh, as far as I saw, you did not start with healthcare. So how did you guys start with healthcare and why did you move to healthcare in the first place? We started with the development of the application and then we decided to move on to the VR, the virtual reality, augmented reality, chatbots. So we started to first, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we started with the aviation and we, with retail. But then actually, as we started to receive a lot of requests from a lot of industries, and one of them was actually healthcare, so we decided why not. And actually, it kind of, we feel that we can be useful in such a good sphere. So how can I imagine this? Was it a universities? So was it, was it uh, um, the education um, institutions that called you up and said, hey guys, We need, I don't know, sort of a, a virtual reality program, for perhaps for training for our um, for our upcoming doctors, so for the students, or was it more the the hospitals that they wanted something from you? How can I imagine this? Oh, they were uh, actually the universities. Mm -hmm. Also, that was about the educational programs, uh, especially in VR, and then there were also doctors who needed. You know, the, also the VR applications for their professional practice. Okay, so let's talk about virtual reality. And you have to keep in mind, um, um, I'm like a golden retriever when it comes to technology. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't really know much. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes when I hear all this high-tech mumbo-jumbo, I just uh, I, I, <laughs> I switch off immediately. So VR stands for virtual reality. Um, so how does it work? Um, so the university contacts you and says, listen, guys, I don't know, we need some kind of um, machines or software so um, our, I don't know, um, registrars in surgery can train how to do a um, certain procedure. Uh, is it like that? Well, yes. Uh, the thing is that uh, some of them uh, actually have, you know, the technical requirements and all the things they need really detailed and they have all the descriptions and stuff. But some of them, you know, 
I told it in some of my podcasts before that actually the main objective of our company, not only the software development, because we really do this software development, but also the education. So we really, we, we do educate our clients. So sometimes they come to us and they say, okay, I saw what virtual reality or I saw the video, but I don't know how to integrate it into my business. Sometimes it happens also with the universities with the doctors whatever and so sometimes we have to dis- to uh, to explain how we can integrate all of this like virtual augmented reality into their business and then we do uh, the you know the requirements by ourselves uh, so concerning virtual reality uh, then is that for virtual reality we need special devices perhaps you know that they're VR headsets I think um, I saw some people with, with like special goggles or glasses, um, um, but probably that's for the visual aid. But I, I'm really, I don't know much about this. So. <laughs> so actually virtual reality enables, you know, users to experience artificial, artificial environment without the need for leaving their current location. So you just put on the, uh, the VR glasses and if they're the software app, you can just plunge into the specific location, you know, and the the same thing with the doctors. So, for example, there's surgical training where you have the patient or even cadaver and you have to to do that operation on in, in virtual reality space. Sometimes there are also, the, you know, the manipulators. So not only the glasses, but also the manipulators. And you have to do the actions uh, putting in the hands the manipulators. Oh, so you have some kind of hardware where you can basically also have the, the haptical feedback. So you, you, you really can like touch something? Uh, what do you mean? Well, I mean, is it is it sort of like a um, you know um, like a puppet, like a like a body, uh, but it's sort of empty. But then the virtual reality is projecting exactly you know where the organ should be, so you feel oh, the no. touch. No, no, not like not, not not like that. Okay. No, it's not the same. No, you just have um, you know the VR. You can create any environment mm-hmm. into the VR, so you can see anything you want. Like in this case, they're like operations. So you just see it in the map itself but you can also um, like touch those simulators and you can simulate the operation so that's the thing but if we're talking about the thing that you explain it's more augmented reality mm-hmm. for augmented reality you should use uh, your device like ipad or the phone whatever and there's the location where you are but they can be the different objects like for example heart that can appear you know there's also can be should be a marker or the QR code so you're scanning it with your device and there's like uh, the object appears and you can see it you can zoom it you know you can see all the details of of the object um, so let's stick for a moment with the virtual reality um so yeah. wh- where do you guys get the um I, I don't know the data or the idea about uh, making the, the the program the virtual reality program 
as um, realistic as possible. So, you know, during operations, maybe sometimes there is a complication. Do you also in, uh, insert these kind of things into the, into the virtual reality? Or is it basically, is everything stationary? Or can it develop as the surgery goes? So, actually, it can be developed. Like, we usually say that the limit is the sky or <laughs> imagination of the designer or, or a client. So, actually, the thing is that we are not the doctors in our company, but if the doctor um, has a request to us, so he kind of calls us and he says, okay, I've got the project and stuff, he explains us all the details. And of course, he gives us the scenario. So for example, if there's an injury and the student's have to understand what they have to do. So there are three possible scenarios. Like there's an injury and you have to understand how to how to operate. And if you try to do something and it corresponds the first scenario, it leads you to something else. And the same like with the second and the third scenario. Or like for example, you do something and you can fail. So actually it's... Um, always shown in in the virtual reality mask so there's um, every time there's a scenario for any vr application oh it, it sounds great i i have to say it's, it's very impressive um i would be very interested what was the um the feedback from the universities when you delivered these kind of things i mean did, did you hear something back from them i'm sure you did yeah, of course. Uh, so once um, we did a project for, uh, there was a doctor who called us also, and he told that he has, you know, that mm, cadaver logistics problems. And mm-hmm. the thing is that there's also a lack, the huge lack of cadavers. And he has to educate his students, but sometimes he can't because of this. So actually, the need, there was a huge need of the VR application where he can show his students how to operate with it. So we did it and actually he was very happy (laughs) and he could, you know, he could do and lead all of these operations whenever there was a need of it. So he was a bit, you know, unsure uh, about this solution, but still when we shown some example, he, you know, he decided to do this. So this is brilliant. So you you solved his his problems with with delivering basically cadavers on which you know the uh, the medical students could practice. So you shortcut that, and um, also you make it more available because um, I mean, let's put it this way: once you use a cadaver once, and perhaps you make a mistake and you you cut certain tendons or whatnot, yeah. you cannot use it again, right? But with yeah. the virtual reality, you just you just upload the thing again, and then you're back back to start from scratch, and and there is no harm done. So that's a great thing as well. Do you think that maybe in future in the future um, this is going to become well, not only uh, more spread among universities, but perhaps there is going to be a version which the students can take home. You know, so it's kind of like train these things literally, you know, in their, in their, uh, I don't know, bedrooms. Uh, well, why not? Yes. <laughs> like now, um, you know, there are different types of virtual reality masks as well. So there are cupboards and they are the mask where you can put your phone and there's the video. So you can't really um, do something in this program. So actually, it's the cheapest way 
uh, of uh, you know and the cheapest solution of the year of the virtual reality but there are also uh, very expensive vr masks vr headsets that also requires the special computers and stuff so for now it's not that affordable for students to have such devices at home Mm, that is why that more we have requests from the university and schools, but I, not for from the students themselves. I see. But, you know, music of the future. So we will see how this develops. Another thought yeah. which I had while you were explaining all this to me is kind of uh, things are also very useful for doctors who are already, you know, um, maybe 10 or 12 years in practice but not all the time able to, to do certain surgical procedures which are rare by definition because, you know, they don't happen that much. So certain type of tumor operations or certain types of trauma uh, operations which do not happen every day around, but this way they can basically stay sharp with their skills. Actually, yes. And they're like brain surgeries. It's actually is one of the most difficult operations. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm not the doctor, but I heard about it. That really, the operations with the brain, it's something really difficult. And you can harm, especially if you do something wrong, yeah, it can also kill a patient and make him like disabled, you know. So such procedures require numerous hours of practice before a surgeon and it can be able uh, with virtual reality, of course. And actually, you know, especially the surgery, it really it requires a lot of hours of practice. And such applications, um, they allow to do it with no harm to any patients, <laughs> to, to any patient, you know. Absolutely. Plus, I think one of the, you know, many, uh, many positive aspects of this is it also is cutting costs because, again, cadavers cost money, you know, um, and, you know, waiting, waiting for, for them also, you know, the, it's the time not used of, of training. So it's also a very uh, strong economical point. Kate, you have um, mentioned augmented reality. Now, you have to explain me and probably our listeners as well what that is, because the only thing that I can um, connect to augmented reality is <laughs> Pokemon Go. I didn't play it, but I was very angry when everyone around me was, because they seem like brainless zombies, you know, just standing in the way. So that's, that's the only exposure of uh, augmented reality that I had with. Still, about Pokemon Go, it's a perfect example of augmented reality. And that was really quite a boom uh, about it. So, augmented reality, actually, you know, it's a technology that augments physical environments on a mobile device, as I told you before. Like, you have to uh, screen... you. Okay, uh, as I told you, there is a marker, or it can be markerless, or there is a QR code. So you take your device, you scan it, and there is something, there is the object that appears on your screen. There is like a digital content, you know. So with the augmented reality, you do not find yourself in a different world. So you're staying in your real world. It's mm -hmm. not the same like the virtual reality. But... Um, at the same time, um, the thing is that the augmented reality apps, they do not require any uh, special headsets. Uh, there are special headsets, um, but in most of the times, uh, there is a device and that's enough. 
Now, can you give me for an example so I can picture it a little bit better? What kind of augmented reality could help me if I was a doctor? Oh, uh, there is a great example. Um, like we were talking about heart. Uh, so uh, there is um, an application. You've got two, uh, two objects to choose, like or it's a heart or it's a human body. So you choose, for example, heart. And there are different functions, like you can stop beating it or it beats. Uh, or, for example, you can see, you know, all the arterias and all of that. So you can actually, um, you can zoom this heart or the body if you prefer. So and you also can see the muscles, all the veins, um, you know, all the details of the human body or of the heart itself. Oh, okay. So is it something like, uh, and, and help me out here. So, uh, you know, in the cartoons sometimes, uh, you know, people would put on goggles or, or some kind of glasses and they would basically, you know, look at people x-ray vision. Um, yes. So I would take my phone with the camera and let's say look at the hand and I would see exactly where the arteries and where the veins are uh, through exactly. this. Oh, okay. Well, that's, in, that's impressive. Okay. Yeah. So it can be really used like this. How accurate is this, if I can ask? It is, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Me personally, you know, I like more the virtual reality, really, because it's kind of, you plunge in it. But when I first time, uh, when I started actually to work for Jay Soren, and that was the first application that I started to use with the augmented reality, that was absolutely impressive. Uh, it released, if I'm not mistaken, like two or three years ago, but still even three years ago, it was really accurate and you could see all the details of the heart or of the human body. It's like, you know, it's like the, the book of biology, but it's not really the same. <clears throat> that is why it can be really used for the educational purpose, because with you know, with a simple book, well, it can be interesting, but in this way, you really, um, um, it can raise the interest of the student more. So it's a more interactive device um, as just, I would say, a simple illustration of a body in a book. Plus, it can be, you, you can take it with you anywhere. For um, sure. Which you, you cannot with a, I don't know, a lexicon of, of uh, human anatomy, right? Um, yeah. Okay, so I get that. It's also very portable. Okay, um, I think another thing which which J. Soren does is is telemedicine, and this is a thing which which um, I have my um, I would say difficulties with because <laughs> I have to say I'm a little bit old school, and I believe that um, no matter how you know um, how far the technology goes, human beings will always need other human beings, especially when it comes to medicine. Like you want. The, the, the person there, even if maybe the person does not do that much in diagnostics, but it, it's, it needs to be there to give you a certain, uh, certain security. I don't know, what is your opinion about telemedicine? And do you, do you think it's going to push through or is it going to be, I mean, is, is it the future? Uh, well, um, you know, we really face it all the time because uh, people, they're quite skeptic. 
<laughs> concerning this. But and actually, this is the problem that the people always take new information or innovation stuff uh, too literally. I mean, they think that technology can only harm or it can eliminate jobs, whatever. But the thing is that technology really helps. And in most of the time, it saves a lot of time. And really, sometimes it even, it, it even saves lives. Uh, so don't forget that still people Google a lot of information, like their symptoms. If, uh, I don't know, if something hurts, the thir- the first thing you do, you kind of go to Google. Yeah, Kate, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm I, I know I know a lot of people do that, and I'm not different. Yeah. But here is the thing: whenever I Google something uh, in regards of my medical status, it either pops out that I am pregnant or I have cancer. And, uh, you know, cancer <laughs> yeah most of the time like you have cancer okay uh, my brain hurts mm, okay oh, i'm sorry like uh, i i've got a headache okay that's cancer all the time <laughs> so yeah in this case uh, it's kind of the virtual assistance um it's uh, like um it's quite normal situation as as more personalized than Google that cannot ask you follow-up questions or accurately estimate symptoms or provide medical recommendations, whatever. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's really a good solution. And at the same time, it's like, you know, even the chatbots, like with the chatbots, it's uh, it's kind of a solution that facilitates and provides patient care. It can be like treatment planning, so like supply management. Like for example, there is a tools that help uh, healthcare providers handle the logistics and deliver of medical supplies within their medical institution or the diagnosis, like patient monitoring, whatever. And of course, we really need people like as doctors, as surgeons, as surgeons. But at the same time, it really can uh, save a lot of time. As for example, there are patients that uh, they're always at home and they're bad. But um, through all of these devices and uh, AR, VR solutions, they're always in contact with their uh, with their doctors. So actually, that's, I think, it's really great and it has the future. Okay, so we definitely are cutting away some steps, which, you know, can be automatized. So which programs do for you, uh, for example, that you have one database of patient information, which is automatically updated and shared among all the, I don't know, the departments. So I, I get that. That's, that's fair enough. But my especially, I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> especially, you know, also with the development of the artificial intelligence. Uh, so with the artificial intelligence, uh, there is a possibility of the image recognition. So there's really a huge advantage of it. As in this case, you kind of just have to uh, take over a photo of some injuries, whatever, to... You know, to send it, for example, in within the chatbot, for example, mm-hmm. and it 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 really it's enabled to recognize some visible or b- body deviations. 
So oh, it's a really okay. great step for further. Okay. So um, I, just so again, you know, it's, it's good to work with pictures. So let's say I, I don't know, um, I s- stepped in a way wrong and, and now my foot hurts and it's swollen and I don't know, maybe it's in a weird angle. So I make a picture out of, you know, of this and I send it to a certain platform, right? Um, where of the course. software... Uh, basically looks at maybe some markers of the thing and maybe it asks me okay when did this happen how did it happen and then I guess via an algorithm it's going to um, count the probability of certain injuries and then the next step which I have to do did I get that correctly yes exactly that's how it works so actually it's great Oh yeah, like I mean, I mean, definitely. It's it's. Um, I think the only problem is is to get it um, to a point where it's very accurate, so you can rely on it. Because you see, I think the problem is psychological with us humans. If if a doctor makes yeah. a mistake and somebody dies, and we say, well, okay, that was a mistake, but you know, we are humans, we make mistakes. I think it's easier for us to to um, cope with that than if somebody made a machine or an algorithm, and that algorithm made a mistake, because. Having a machine responsible for human life is not the same as having a human being responsible for human life. What do you think about that? Um, I actually, I totally agree uh, with that. And, uh, you know, there, if we're, for example, talking about the Internet of Things, uh, there's like... Um, for example, if you have the specific health problems, like there can be wearable medical devices that can help like healthcare professional to monitor your health status. And um, I guess you, you've read that article that was in China, if I'm not mistaken. So there was a man who was wearing the Apple Watch. And, uh, uh, the, you know, it uh, tracks all, also the heart beating. And Apple Watch told to this man there's something wrong with the heart. So he went to the hospital and actually it really, it saved his heart. So wow, okay, no, I ha- I didn't hear about this story. Okay, it's it's a real story. It happened last year, and so really, that's the thing that we usually Google. Then we're too skeptical to the technologies when we sometimes like I don't know, uh, do not how to um, do not know how to integrate it in our like routine or professional life. But still, it can be really really helpful. I want to go a little bit back on the topic of chatbots. Um, yeah. As I said, the first time that I, I, I uh, you know, experienced a chatbot was when I was in Moscow and I clicked on a hospital and, you know, it was right there. So somebody already, you know, asking me, what's going on? Can I help you? And I think this is, this is the, definitely the advantage that if you are insecure of what to do right now so I'm on a web page and I don't know if it's my heart or if it's if, if it's my lungs just something hurts in my chest what do I do so it's great that somebody asks you and provides you with you know the possibility um, but I can tell you also a, a disadvantage of chatbots I remember there was a study made in in um, um, South Africa I think where they use chatbots for a hotline a psycho psychological hotline Um, you know, for people with depression and suicidal thoughts and so on. So they could write there, um, but, you know, they couldn't somehow afford enough people during the night to respond. So they they made a chatbot and it was pretty good, apparently. So it was responding, you know, in a very good way. But then after the people, when they realized, um, if they realized that that's a chatbot, 
um, apparently it, it caused a sort of a shitstorm and, and people are very angry. They felt, you know, um, oh. how should I say, uh, um, not, not mistreated, but cheated in a way because they thought it's a real human. Suddenly you find out, <laughs> no, it's a robot, you know, in, in, in quotation marks. So I, I think this is probably something what, uh, what might be the disadvantage. I don't know. What's your opinion about this? Uh, what do you mean, like disadvantage? That that this was that it was a robot. Well, and it, it wasn't. As a disadvantage, I would say it's it's um, the the people. I don't know. Probably, if you use chatbots, it needs to be transparent from the very beginning. Because if people don't know that it's a chatbot, and they think there is a real human being behind the computer typing, <laughs> you know, that is a uh, probably it's a very big disappointment. And now imagine somebody who is already psychologically unstable, you know, thinking about a suicide, and now he finds out. Well, that wasn't a nice lady who understood my feelings, but it was a software. Uh, the, the thing is that uh, this c- correspondence with the human being, it was the first step of the chatbots. Then they, they were actually, they called chats. So now they call chatbots and bot actually means that it's a robot. So actually, like talking to a chatbot, you have to understand that you're talking to a robot. Then, um, also, what is very important that any software development company um, will not do any application if it's not, uh, if it doesn't require, you know, the. Um, it, if, if it doesn't meet uh, the requirements of uh, the client. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it means that we're talking, for example, our client is a doctor. So as I told you before, that he or she, they give us a proper scenario. So it's like the chatbot is also, it's, it's like a tree. So all the time you've got like two or three questions, main questions, and then it can lead you to any branch. Mm -hmm. So it works like this. And then, of course, um, the best chatbots, they are like with with artificial intelligence. But also if there's really difficult situation, for example, someone texts, to a chatbot and chatbots with the okay understands I will say understands that um, it cannot respond to you properly so it usually there's a phrase like okay I'm gonna lead you to someone who can respond to you and mm-hmm. there's also a, a human who can uh, who can respond to you then so actually it's it's great and it doesn't mean that you really have to like to to understand all the algorithm but it doesn't it doesn't mean that it it was made like okay there were like three developers and they decided to do something okay they decided to do the chatbot so it doesn't work like this so there's usually someone who knows better how it works and how it should work I get that. Okay. Of um, course, mm-hmm. I would tell you that that there are like disadvantages, of course, because like the first one is actually the age of the patients uh, of the patient, because like you know that the, the elder people they uh, 
they are not aware like the youth of the mobile devices for example so it kind of stops sometimes from the use of e-health tools well of course i mean they were not you know um there was not a natural i would say um um growing up with with technology i mean yeah. if, if if you want the elderly now to to get you know a little bit friendlier with technology you have to do it actively it would be an ad- active education i mean you and i got it more or less passively you know it was there so for sure Yeah, so there's quite a a resistance to new technologies. And one more thing that is really significant is a lack of security sometimes. So when, like, kind of you use your mobile phone, it's not really, you know, it's like when Google follows all of the uh, all of the things you Google all the time, and then it proposes you, like, context Mm, ads like for example oh, yeah you... yeah i know so what that's you mean. the thing well it would be so... horrible if i imagined that for example assume i had a uh, i have an apple watch and you know it, it kind of feels whatever i don't know through some sensor that uh i have you know a low uh, um, hormonal I, I don't know status and whatnot and suddenly i i get a i get a message you know um here are yeah. the pills that you need you know and you can buy them here and there by the way there is a sale on on uh, I, I don't know eBay uh, yeah eBay for <laughs> this and that um, purchase now I think that that would be something what no one really wants I think this is also it, it yeah. falls under the under the the general discussion about uh, data safety you know yeah so in this case actually this mobile healthcare software developers they need to ensure that health data is stored safely in their applications so. That's the key point, I guess. But, you know, last but not least, um, there is a lot of, especially, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, nowadays everybody is, is scared of, of, of being hacked, right? So, I mean, not yeah. everybody of us is a politician, a, a person of interest, um, or somebody who is, you know, unbelievably I rich. usually say that. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> but... The, the problem is that you, ne- you never know, uh, you know, who is going to use your data for what. And the question is, what if, for example, suddenly, you know, your medical record appears on the Internet and people can see that, I don't know, you had a certain surgery, which is, well, I mean, we all can have a surgery in life, but, you know, some are more shameful than other, perhaps, um, or that you had a certain uh, dermatological problem, which was not really, you know, funny. Oh. Um, things like this. Um, it, it can happen. And I think a lot of people are just afraid of this as well. Yeah, but I guess, you know, that kind of in some period of time, we're going to solve this problem for sure. It's It should be like... Yeah, I guess it's not really on the same level, but still healthcare, um, it's like, I don't know, it's like banks. It's, it's not really, it can be on the same level as I told, but still uh, the security of the data should be pretty, pretty the same. Kate, I'd like to, you know, close up our wonderful discussion with the topic of recovery you know, to end up on a positive note. So as far as I know, your technology can also help patients with their recovery. 
Okay, so actually virtual reality applications, they really can be used in hospitals in order to alleviate pain and distract patients. Mm -hmm. So you put on the VR headsets and they can be offered like during blood drones, like, I don't know, uh, breakthrough pain uh, or insomnia for the meditation, whatever, pain management, like there was also an example um it was used for kids actually uh so which hate needles yeah <laughs> yeah and all of that stuff like injections and all of that things so doctors they put on the vr headsets they put on something like like a cartoon in vr so they were really plunged into it and they didn't even understand that there was an injection. So in such a way, really, we can reduce the kid's stress. I hope Why all not? pediatricians are listening now. No more <laughs> screaming kids and crying mothers yeah. in their practices. <laughs> yeah, and there is no fear of the doctors. That's the point also. Because sometimes it can be really a problem, you know, to, to go to a doctor with a kid. Uh, also, like, it can be used like the VR meditation, which actually also reduces stress after a hard day uh, or whatever. So according to the above research, the right software can shift slighter mental health problems. So you put on the VR headset, and actually you start to meditate and it really helps like to treating some of the mental health issues like panic attacks or anxiety disorders so that's the point of such uh, applications wow great kate i'm very much looking forward what g soren and and you and your team are gonna cook up you know in the future um, I, I'm a big fan of yours so let's let's hope you're gonna make a medical world better thank you very much for being on my show Thank you, too, for the invitation, and thank you for this time. Great. For everybody else, thank you for tuning into The Voice of Medicine. This was Michael and Kate. Bye-bye. Bye. The Voice of Medicine. Gedanken, Geschichten und Talks aus der faszinierenden Welt der Medizin. Denn wir bringen sie an den Puls. Präsentiert von Radiolutions.
The Voice of Medicine. Gedanken, Geschichten und Talks aus der faszinierenden Welt der Medizin. Denn wir bringen sie an den Puls. Präsentiert von Radiolutions.